Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together once again for the choir, please, if you may. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are all welcome once again in Jesus' name. We'll be listening to the word of God in a moment. But if I ask you to please just join me to pray one prayer. Um, I sense that God wants to stir something up in you. Something that will take you to the next level the Lord has ordained for you. So just one prayer point. If we may rise on our feet and just pray that very quickly. And then we will share the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Just want us to spend a moment or two to just bless the Lord. We had a wonderful worship this morning. And we've been challenging our hearts that we should seek first the kingdom of God. So please, just in a moment or two, just say thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name in this place. The Lord is worthy to be praised and adored. He is the ruler over the whole universe. The mighty one of Israel is. Just this be a time of personal thanksgiving that you will give him. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord has been gracious unto you. The Lord has been gracious unto me. Just before we begin to hear him this morning, I want to prepare your heart in faith and in confidence and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for preservation. Thank you for hope for tomorrow. Thank you for the abundance of your kindness that you have released unto me. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, yes, Lord. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You are worthy to be praised and adored, oh God. Give him praise in this place. Let the name of the Lord be exalted in our, in our midst this, this morning into the afternoon. We give you praise. We give you glory, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We lift up the name of Jesus here today. And everything that is contrary to the counsel and the will of God must bow into the name, unto that name that's above all names. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. We lift your name. Just, I, I believe God wants to do something here this afternoon, but I'm sensing the enemy may want to rob somebody of it. But you shall not be robbed in the name of Jesus. We lift your name. We lift your name. We lift your name. We lift your name. One more time. We lift your name. Let the world like that. Clear. We lift your name. We, we live 
up your voice and say, Father, let your name be lifted in my life every day of my life and let the world know there is a God in Israel. There is a God in my life. Lift up your voice right now. God wants to seek you out today. God wants to use you as an instrument of his glory. I shall not rest until I'm an instrument of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Cry out unto him. Let the name of the Lord be lifted in my life. Let the name of the Lord be exalted in my life. We give you honor. We give you glory, O God. Oh, yes, this is a believer's meeting. And I just want you to be free in the Lord. The Lord says he will come down with his power. Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Without any doubt, he has sent a word unto us. He said, laughter is coming your way. You are going to laugh. Hallelujah. To the face of the enemy, you will laugh. Your shame will go away. The hindrances in your life will be the thing of the past. But you need to pray. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Give me volume on this place, but I'm shouting too much. Hallelujah. Give me volume there. I'm just shouting too much. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My house shall be called the house of prayer, he says. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You will be a sign to your generation. Oh, you know, the devil understands only something. That is the language of violence. You need to set yourself free this afternoon. I know the spirit of the Lord is quickening inside of you, but the Lord will want to keep your mouth shut. Your mouth shall not be shut. My mouth shall not be shut. My mouth shall not be shut. Your mouth shall not be shut. So you go to cry out and say, Father, I am in your hand. Lift me higher. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and pray, Lord, I am in your hand. Lift me higher unto a place where the world will see your glory. Incredible. I rest in you, my Lord. I rest in you, my Lord. From one level of praise unto another, that the world may know that our God is mighty. He said, We are the epistles that are written in men's hearts. We are the epistles that are written. Men are looking for something to hold on to. I present myself as an instrument of your glory. I present myself as an instrument for publicity for you, O God. That the world will know that you can turn the life of a man around and make him a mighty instrument in your hand. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Finally, you will say the yoke is broken. Every human being, to some degree, they have one area or the other. The other, the enemy is trying to rein them in. And it's for every individual to insist that you will not be held back in any area. So I don't know where the enemy is tying your hands. Where the enemy is tying your feet. Today, the yoke is broken. 
and it is with your own mother you will declare it and say the yoke is broken so you lift up your voice standing on the word of god and say father in the name of jesus i stand on your word that say come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest therefore in the name of jesus i step into my rest i step away from bondage lift up your voice and pray right now because the yoke is broken I don't know where the enemy is limiting the church of God. I don't know where we have been in complicity with the evil one. But today the yoke is broken. Where we have cooperated with the enemy, you are free now. Their physical body is broken. Their limitation over your child is broken. Their limitation over your spiritual life is broken. You are free. If the sun shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I am not bound. I am free in the name of Jesus. I am free. Declare it over your life. In your finances. In your physical health. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The Lord will give you help to be able to pray another 30 minutes and declare it and step into it and possess it for the glory of his holy name. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The word of the Lord is not scarce and shall not be scarce. And you will be a recipient of that word. Beginning from this afternoon, the Lord will visit you. Father, we thank you. We give you honor, we give you glory. There has not been a time like this as you have prophesied that in the latter days iniquities will abound. There has been no time like this so much of hindrances and horrible things in the spiritual and in the physical. But we know you have promised that in the midst of it, we shall be delivered. That's why this afternoon we come, oh God. And our only insistence is that nobody will live here bound but completely free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our prayer, oh God, this afternoon is that everyone will have the liberty to walk closely with you. We shall not follow from afar. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, this afternoon, let the word of my mouth, and let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. And let the aroma of your glory fill this room right now. Show yourself strong in this place. Let man's agenda be set aside. Let the agenda of the Holy Spirit take control right now. Every wavering thoughts and desire be brought to subjection to the word and the spirit of the living God right now. Every head that is bowed in shame to the enemy shall be lifted in the name of Jesus. Shame of sin and iniquity. Shame of lack and deprivation. Shame of weakness and illness. Oh, let all such heads that are bowed be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. And let Jesus be glorified. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Before you sit down, turn to three people and tell them, I'm a winner. What about you? Make sure you get an answer. 
Oh, yes, I'm a winner, brother. Hallelujah. God bless you. May be seated. God bless you. May be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the opportunity to gather. We thank God for the opportunity to worship him. And we also thank him for the opportunity to call upon him in prayer. And now, Father, we thank you for ears that will hear your word and the lips that will speak them. Matthew chapter 10. And I read verses 16 through to verse 20. So behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Hallelujah. I found something very, um, I won't say strange, but very puzzling that required me looking again into that verse 16, which would be the main verse. The Lord Jesus Christ was talking to the disciples and he said, look, that's what behold means. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Why will he send them into the midst of wolves when he knows wolves can consume them? Why will he ask them to go into situations that are potentially very perilous? And that made me to ponder a little bit, and I looked carefully, and I discovered that actually the whole of the scripture is pointing to one thing, that we are, I say this with all sense of responsibility and carefulness, that as believers, we were born into perilous situations, walking our ways into the kingdom of God, but from the point in which we are born into that perilous situation, you are expected to make it. You are expected to thrive. So if you want to title the message, you can title it Thriving in a Hostile Environment. Because more often than not, most of the time, we keep wondering and we are perturbed by all the troubles of life that surround us. But it dawned on me a little bit more now that actually Jesus knew that our being called into the kingdom of God is we are being called into a very difficult situation. But you are not supposed to remain and be affected by that difficult situation, but you are supposed to thrive. So how are you going to thrive when there are problems all around you? And actually, fact, the minister of God mentioned this many years ago, and the thing stuck with me, and he used Jesus as an example. He said, when the Bible says somewhere that, uh, you know, and uh, he did all things well. He's talking about Jesus. He said, he did, Jesus did all things well. And he expatiated and he said, Jesus did all things well. Why the Pharisees were breathing on him? Why the scribes were troubling him? When everybody was against him? Yet he did all things well. Wow. That was very profound for me. And so Jesus is also giving the disciples the same instruction. He said, go outside there. 
You will meet opposition, but you must succeed. You will meet trouble. In fact, they will hate you. They will do everything, but you must still retain your joy and succeed and laugh, not because you are faking your laughter, but because you are overcoming. Boy, that was profound. Because it's not a call into a life of drudgery and pain and grumbling. It's a call into a life of abundance, of enlargement, in spite of what we go through. In spite of all the oppositions that you and I will face, or that we are facing. And that is what brings glory to the name of the Lord. That despite all that we come across, we are succeeding and we will succeed. In Job chapter 14, verse 1, Job 14, verse 1, Job says something very profound. Though it might look to us as if, you know, it was an Old Testament thing, but there's a lot of truth in it. Job chapter 14, verse 1. It's a man who is born of a woman, is of a few days. And what? Full of. But the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. Life is full of troubles. We, we may want to desire and pretend that everything will just go smoothly. The joy of it is that as hard as it is, that's out of what we come out strong. i just tell you three things quickly, and then before we look at the section where I talk about how to thrive. Three things I've noticed is that what brings blessings and growth are not always obvious. Because if Jesus sent us into the midst of a life that is full of ups and downs, sent us to the midst of a world that is full of trouble, that is full of, you know, hindrances here and there, then there must be hidden blessings in all these difficult circumstances. So what brings blessings and growth are not always obvious. The life of Joseph was an example. With all he went through, it was not obvious that God was leading him to a better place, but he was going to a better place. Hallelujah. And so, what I believe the Lord is laying on my heart to share with us primarily today is that though your environment is hostile, you must thrive. You must do well. Though there are oppressive forces that come in the middle of the night to press you down, even there are forces that you may not see that are working against you and I. The fact of the matter is that you have been wired to succeed in the midst of that. Even though our bodies are aging and we are growing up in years, and what you could do many years ago, you cannot do them. The plan and the eventual purpose of God is that in spite of that, I must make it. And I have to make it. Even though a host may gather against me because the Lord is my help, I will have to go through and succeed. And that is what is boiling in my heart. That you are in a very hostile environment, whether you know it or not. There are, you step out onto the street, you don't know who is walking next onto you, and that does not make you to be paranoid. I'm only telling you that we are the environment of this world is very, very poisonous and hostile. Be alert. Be awake. Know that you cannot take anything for granted. Jesus Christ used two words for it. Said you should watch and uh, we live in. And, and over the past few weeks, 
I've got so many phone calls from abroad of all sorts of things going on. I wasn't thinking of that until just as I cried unto the Lord a few days ago, Lord, what do you want us to talk about? And the Lord just pointed me to this. I should let the people be aware that there is an ongoing warfare, that you are in a militarized zone. Things are going on constantly around you and I. And if you don't do anything well, please do one thing well. Be daily aware that as you step out today, oppositions are waiting, but also be aware that victory is also on your side. Many have slept off on duty. Many have had their weapons that they should use to fight being taken away by the enemy. But the word of the Lord unto us today is that victory is certain in the name of Jesus. So, our conscious awareness that all around us there are forces and powers and situations and circumstances and social cultural things making it very difficult for us to live Christian life, to live a good life, is also embedded in the fact that these supposedly destructive forces, if they are well harnessed, they can also be constructive forces. And I'll explain myself. I will explain myself. You know, the wind that is blowing very strongly in tropical areas or in areas where they have a lot of hurricanes and whatever, you do know it's the same wind that strengthens the tree. If winds are not blowing, the those trees won't be strong. What happens is that as the wind blows and blows, and blows very hard on them, they, they, as they bend that way, it's like the muscles of the hand. You are training the muscles. The fibers in the trees, they get tougher. The fibers, they get tougher. Some of them will break as they heal. They then have scars in them. And before you know, the trees become stronger. So what the Lord is, I believe, saying unto our hearts is that the daily challenges we face, the pain we face. Sometimes I face some week. I have so much to do. For instance, last week I didn't know I was going to go through it. Because so many pools here and there, so many engagements, so many demands, personally on my life, of family, extended family, everywhere. And I was wondering, I said, Lord, how will I survive this week? And the word of the Lord that came to my heart is that that is what is going to stiffen your back and build you to be strong. And that is why when the enemy will come like a flood against you, the Lord himself who has built you will cause his own spirit to raise an army right from the inside of you against the evil one. Who will ever know that the practice run that David had in 1 Samuel chapter 17 will come in handy later on. What I'm telling you about is that there are hidden blessings in the oppositions that we face, not because we want those oppositions, but God knows how to turn them around. Please turn to First Samuel chapter 17 for me, and I'll read a few verses together. Start from verse 32, and let's look at that closely. And personally, I'm talking about myself being built up, and I'm hoping that you will be built up as well. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of who was that? Do you know the story? Goliath. Your servant will go and fight against this Philistine. If you don't know the story, there was a time the children of Israel or the Israelites, they were called, they were faced by an enemy, their perennial enemy who were called the Philistines. And the Philistines had a giant amongst them, very tall guy, very, very tall, about nine foot tall, and statistics were just daunting. So, the whole of Israelites or the group of people that were called the children of Israel, they could not stand against this man. And so, but there was a little boy, very little boy. He then went to the battlefront and he went to the king who was Saul at that time and told him, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Hi, David, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Verse 33. 
And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth. Amen? And he, a man of war from his youth. Did you get that one? You are not able to fight him, for you are a youth. And he was a man of war from his youth. If he was a man of war from his youth, what is stopping me to also, as a man of war from my youth, to fight him? Experience? Possibly? But what he didn't know is that he looked at the physical youthfulness of David. He did not know the experience of David. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, 35 please, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and struck and killed it. One thing I'm not sure of is whether Goliath has ever killed a lion. One thing I'm not sure that's no matter because killing a bear and a lion has got nothing to do with how big you are in size. You need to have a heart. You need to have the ability to know where to catch them. In fact, because these animals, they carry a lot of dread with them. Even if a lion cub runs to this room now, everyone will run. Yeah, you, you may pretend you won't run. I can't. Because they carry dread with them. And unless a man has trained himself to know that by the special grace of God, there's nothing that you come against that you cannot overcome. Even some of us, some of you, probably you see grizzly beyond the television, you are quaking at a distance. So there's no reason for me to say that this Goliath has done what David had done. And so that takes me to the point to let you know that never judge anything by the pack of it. Never judge anything by the wrapping of it. Many blessings have been lost because we look at the externalities. If I when the boy was going to be made the king eventually, they kept passing him over. You remember? Because even Samuel, a trained man of God, saw there's something small about you. A word for somebody here. You might look small on the outside, but the Lord is assuring you there's something bigger on the inside of you. Let the giant inside came out. David was a small boy physically, but was a giant on the inside. And listen carefully, there are many giants outside, but there are babies and little boys inside. It's not a matter of size. It's not a matter of position. It's not a matter of your so-called experience. It's not a matter of your title. It's a matter of what is inside of you. And you can let it out. So, this boy born into a physically challenging situation all through his life was training himself for the day in which he will be a deliverer. I say one more time, please release the giant on the inside of you. Not only people can mistake your externality. Don't mistake your own externalities. Because many, you are still standing on who you think you really are by what people call you. If I'm standing before, of you, before you this afternoon, simply because of my title, believe you me, I may be easily roasted by the enemy. I'm not standing because of my title. I'm standing because of my relationship with the Lord. Because of who I know I am in him. 
And everyone can rise and make himself to get to that place where the Lord wants you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We still got a long way to go. Let me move very quickly. Let me drop this point as well before I tell you how to thrive. The moment growth ceases, decline sets in. The moment growth ceases, decline sets in. It's a very easy thing for one to get to a level and feel you have arrived. And a degree of achievement is the greatest hindrance against further achievement. I learned a lesson in the past one week or so that I went to the redemption car for the Spirit of Ghost Night. And that's when I've heard it many times before, my mind is made up. You know what thing I've learned? That thing I've learned is that there are many ex-champions in the world. And I am so desperate, my mind is so made up, I will not be an ex-champion. You know where ex-champions are? Ex-champions talk about those days. They talk about those testimonies when they first gave their life. I'm setting a target in the Lord personally, and I'm challenging everyone who is like-minded. Set the challenge in the Lord, and I said, all testimonies are good, but it's about time now for me to win new battles. And I'm also praying for you that you will retire as a champion. Not as a champion. Opportunities are banned. The Lord wants to do it. And so, once growth ceases, decline sets in. That's the time that we, we just think that we have arrived. But God is encouraging our hearts. Please, keep pressing on. You can be more than this. You have the capacity to be more than this. This is not all that is about you. Whether spiritually or physically or material, this is not. There is more coming. And I will encourage you, please, step into what is coming. Because it's the promise of God for you. Because of our time, how can I thrive? How to thrive? We go back to the passage, our anchor passage, our test for the day. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. The Lord will encourage us by his own spirit. And though the environment may be hostile, I'm not saying that you will survive. Did you, did you get the title very well? What did we say we will do? Uh-huh. And I said, what are the difference between surviving and thriving? Many are just surviving. Say, God, he said, how are you? He said, we are there. Uh, how are things going? We are surviving. You need to more than survive. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, we'll read that. And I'll point three things to us very quickly. They are how to thrive in her hostile environment. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of. Therefore, number one, be. So that's number one rule. If you're going to thrive in a hostile environment, you must be wise. Be wise. What does it mean to be wise? I discovered that a commonest <laughs> challenge I see amongst people, especially believers, is lack of wisdom. We do many things out of zeal, but no wisdom. Be wise. The first level of wisdom is to appraise the situation correctly. Know that you are in a battle. Wisdom that you see in a child is that the child is growing up, the child then begins to be aware of what danger is. 
Number two thing, apart from being aware of what danger is, keep your head down. And I come across this all the time amongst believers. We tend to shoot our mouth too much. We do too much in the open. We let everything out too much. Thing you should be praying about in secret, you tell them that, you know, people are challenging you. You start waving your finger. My God will defend me. Shut up. Just go and pray. Let him appear and decide. And I've had that so many times that it bothers me. Most of the time, those that God have used to bring things down, they do not shoot their mouth. We shoot our mouth. And I'm going to be very hard on us on this one. Stop shooting your mouth. Surprise is a major weapon in warfare. Let them not know where your sense is coming from. And anyway, some of the time that we talk boldly, supposedly boldly, when the rubber is the road and we cannot make it happen, then we feel so down and out and say, Lord, but I spoke to you, but the truth is, the matter is that you don't need to let them know where your strength is coming from. All you need to do, remember clearly that most of all these things that the Lord Jesus Christ did, he never revealed himself unto the Pharisees. Did you notice that? It was only unto his disciples that was telling them where he never let them know, even when they challenged him. Do your battle in the background. Let the front see what is happening. Beloved brothers and sisters, friends, please, let's talk less, especially in the face of opposition. Talk less. I don't mind, you know, carrying placards. There are time for that. I remember, but let's do more of the backroom warfare. You know why things are not moving? There's too much of talking as other people. And that's why the church is not being taken serious. And I'm moving beyond that. I'm moving to the general society now. You know why? We're not taken seriously because we talk so much and the talk has not got any serious backing behind it. I was talking to someone before. They said, you know what democracy is? What's the, what's the fear of a democracy? Because I've been around in a functional democracy, which is the United Kingdom, for quite a number of years now. I was driving to work last week and that was coming to mind. It's 40 things come to your mind sometimes. And that tells me I'm going to link it to the spiritual thing. What's, what's democracy? What's the definition of democracy? Okay. Okay, that's the way you teach, they taught you in social studies. True definition of democracy is a government in which you can have your say, but you never have your way. No, tell me what you had your way. We signed a long petition about the issue of uh, marriage, how it should be defined. We got more than a million. Did, I, did anything change? We had our say. We didn't have. And I've been involved in so many patches. If you check website, by the way, when you click Chris Bailey, you will not see it only Phantom of Love Alone. You will see it up. I'm telling you, go and click it when you get to. You will see it up any petitions. I've sent petitions. So I'm not against petitions. But have I seen anything change? You know why? Simply because we were fighting on the wrong side. Not on the wrong side. We are fighting on the wrong front. You know where the battle is to be done? At the back room. Then you can then have your way. To have your way, you go to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the one that will make us to have our way. Amen. I'm on the point, be wise. Are you still there with me? If you're going to thrive in this environment, be what? Don't go back to work on Monday and be saying you are bored and be challenging the person who is doing the restructuring. It does not make sense. You, can, you won't try. The environment is hard. You say, where are you? You, 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 you. Eh? 
I, I will take you to church. Look, before you get up, you'll get the letter. It's pointless. Be wise. And many at times we are not. I plead with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Even if I stop on that, I believe something has gotten across. Be wise. If you will thrive, be wise. Pilate was asking Jesus. Jesus did not answer. You know, he, he thought he didn't know what to answer. And one of the points I'm going to mention later on is along this line of being wise. There's too much of folly. Too much of folly around. And, and he, just, he just asks me. He just asks me. Too much of folly. Too much of folly. And we leave a lot of things out. And there's a lot of eyes put on children now, especially raising of children with social works and everything. Before you even open your mouth to talk, sometimes, and that's, that's going to be one of the things I'm going to mention later on. Consider before you say a thing. That's why you have the right of silence. If you get a phone call, you don't need to talk, do you? You say, no, I'll, I'll come back to you. And we talk so much to men simply because we don't talk long enough to God. Before you get the phone, uh, then you start really now. Hey, actually, that's not right. Then you start contradicting yourself. Take a deep breath. Nobody has put a finger in your mouth to start vomiting words out. Be wise. If you will thrive in a hostile environment. Is that somebody with me there? So that's part of wisdom. So that I will just be very straight to the point and Remember 2 Corinthians 10, 4? Weapons of warfare are not carnal, remember? Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against. Also part of wisdom is that build and don't pull down. Be diligent. If you read the open levels this morning, that will help you, so I move on quickly. Under wisdom as well, do not major on the minor. Do the first thing first. Luke chapter 10, 40 to 42. Luke chapter 10, 40 to 42. That talks about Mary and Martha. If you know the scriptures, please go back home and read it. Spend time with what matters. Amen. If you are in a battle, don't justify your own. And we are all entitled to a lot of recreation, a lot of free time. Please, you must have it, you must rest. But if you know you are in the midst of a battle, don't excuse yourself from what you need to do to win that battle. Don't excuse yourself from praying. Don't excuse yourself from fasting. Don't excuse yourself from study of the word. Don't excuse yourself. There's no reason, there's no way a person will survive a serious Christian in the time that we are living without opening your Bible at least every day of the week and making it so simple. And to be honest with you, if you will really, 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 and many of us are not doing it, that's the truth of the matter. And with the kind of pressure that many of us are under, we fall far off it. I do fall far off it. And I've made up my mind. I said, look, whatever we go, we need to go. Even if it will involve me skipping a preaching, or I come here, I just lead in prayer. I prepare this morning. Don't worry yourself. That's not why I led you in prayer. You know, it's true that my time for personal growth will not be compromised. I need to feed my own soul. Somebody puts it nicely. He said, the fuel tanker that carries fuel from the depot, wherever it is, onto the petrol station, needs fuel itself. So carrying the anointing for you to take your own fuel is one thing. But I won't come here, I won't reach here if I don't fuel this vehicle. Fuel your own vehicle. Put petrol in it. And so, first thing first, your walk with the Lord must be tied. That's why I've not come here to tell you about what you need to do for the Lord. Yes, you will know that, but please walk closely with Him and walk in wisdom. Build yourself up in your own most holy faith. Praying. 
in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Very quickly. So number one is what? Be. Number two, keep your peace. Keep your peace. Because he said that be ye as wise as serpents and as harmless as a dove. And this issue of keep your peace, I've said it in one, a few sentences and I'll move on. You know, the devil thrives in chaos. Have you noticed that? He thrives in chaos. And many of us will play into that. The devil likes everything to be scattered. Because that is where he thrives. For instance, if you have a challenge with somebody... And that person is being used by the devil. The person would rather have everything to turn into a loud noise. And nobody can hear each other. That's part of the strategy of the enemy. It likes chaos. And so part of your own duty, when it says be as harmless as a dove, is that do not let somebody change the agenda for you. For instance, it will be beneficial to the devil if we come in here week in, week out, settling quarrels. It's beneficial unto somebody that is working against you if nobody can hear your argument. If everything degenerates into a shouting match. And as you are shouting. And so many a times, Jesus Christ taught us also through wisdom that your being quiet and harmless and not allowing chaos to be will be put in good stead. For instance, husband and wife. When you know that you are not winning that battle, don't allow it to degenerate into constant fight because you will not get anywhere. If the other person is shouting, you keep quiet. The reason is that there will be no resolution as long as both of you are shouting. There will be no resolution as long as there is chaos. So when they say be harmless, that is, do not create a chaotic environment because that is where the devil loves to live. I will leave that one with you. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? That means there are moments in which you will just need to walk away. Not because you are daft, not because you don't know what to say, simply because you are not responding in the way that we favor the enemy. And number three, he mentioned it. Please go to, I think, verse 12 for that one, where he mentioned that the Holy Spirit will tell you what you will say. So number three, how to thrive in difficult times depend on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's verse 19. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Holy Spirit. And I, I discovered in life that there are only two ways to respond to, to situations. Only two ways. Not three, not four. Only two ways. You can either re- respond in the flesh or respond in the spirit. If you respond in the flesh, there are characteristics of you that you are responding in the flesh to the situation. Whatever it is. God forbid, you know, there's a particular challenge you are facing. You either respond in the flesh or you respond in the spirit. Responding in the flesh, number one, the sign that you are responding in the flesh is that there is instant. The, if we are responding in the flesh, it tends towards instant gratification. That is, we will not set it out, we need to finish it now, that's usually the flesh. If it's the spirit, the spirit allows delayed gratification. The spirit, the flesh, we say, we must finish it now. I must answer you now. I must abuse you now. I must reply you now. The spirit, we say, hold on. We can wait. And that's, 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 the, that's the demarcation. If anything is just boiling in you, ah, I won't take it. I won't take it. Usually, you're in the, you're in the flesh. But if anything, because you will thrive in the difficult spiritual, physical environment that we are operating, all these things will work in your life. Number two thing that a person is possibly operating in the flesh is that it is not only for instant gratification, it will also play onto human applause. 
That is, if you are keeping quiet there, you are watching, they will think I'm a fool. If that is your number one consideration, why you want to respond, you want to deal with the situation, is simply because it is a fleshy or carnal response you are giving. You're looking for woman applause. How many of us, before, raise your hand, have sincerely, you will have loved to walk away, but you felt that if I walk away, they will think I'm a fool. It's usually the flesh. Whereas if it is the spirit, it will look for God's approval. He said, well, God will approve that I maintain the peace. But the flesh is always looking for let it get sorted now and there's no room for tomorrow. Let me just give you one or two more. Let me pick there. Okay. Of course, if it is the flesh, it's also based on what you see and how you see it. And that's, we mentioned earlier on in First Samuel chapter 17. It was all about what um, Saul saw that he was talking about. He saw a small boy. Because he was a man in the flesh. He was a very carnal man. But David was a very spiritual man. He knew that what they are seeing is more than what they are seeing. And my constant prayer for you and I is that the world will soon recognize that you are more than they are seeing. And let me drop something else also here for you. Some of us, all that needs to be known about you, we have known it already. It's not good. Let there be surprises. Sometimes you introduce yourself, you introduce yourself with everything that we know. So we are still looking for surprises. No more surprises. No more surprises. Somebody was wondering one time, eh, blah, blah, me. Very funny. It's very trivial. It doesn't just for want of examples. So he was wondering, he said, you know, um, was wondering what my background was. He said, ah, we've been for together, so, together for so long, and I didn't tell him that that was my uh, professional background. I, was, I said, what has that got to do with the work of the gospel I'm doing? So the first day I saw you, I'll tell you, this is what I've done. This is what I've, it's got nothing to do with it. And when he got that surprise, then in his own eyes, which was not necessary, he then pushed me up. But if he has known that earlier on, that's me. May the world see less of you than you really are. And it's a big prayer. Because a person must be so light that all they knew about him, we've seen it already. They were wearing striped suits, unfortunately with a striped tie. And, um, you know, and that's all we've seen about him. And they want to look behind. No, no new discoveries. Ah, so this man is this gentle. Glory to God. Wow. So there's so much grace in the life of this man. Wow. So this man has got some anointing. But if you just enter like that, all they see is the, is the suit and they will see more than they are seeing in the name of Jesus. And it's a big prayer. I repeat it again. The world, you will be more than people are seeing. You will be, you will be, you will be a shock surprise. Some of us, all they see is the car, is the house, and it's good. But there should be more to you than that. And the plan of God is that that will be released to the world in Jesus' name. Thriving in her hostile environment. Amen? Finally, if you are walking in the flesh, it will be so much of your glory, so little of God's glory. So much of your glory, so little of God's glory. And I've got a few examples, you know, of people who their own life was used in seeking their own glory, but not what we glorify God. In Genesis chapter 13, that will be the last example we'll take. The story of, uh, starting from verse 7, 
I think that is worth reading, and I will close on that one. Genesis chapter 13, verse 7. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Which version is that? New King James. Okay. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Amen? So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Okay? So if we do a quick study there, how was Abraham responding? In the flesh or in the spirit? Uh, please give me a good answer, brethren. Only about three people followed me. Wow, that's, that's very encouraging. Okay. How was Abraham responding in the flesh and the spirit? I think so too. How was Lot responding? We don't know yet. Next verse. <laughs> because in verse 13, hold on. Where are we? Go back to the... So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my husband and your husband. That's a spiritual response. Because he was wise, he didn't want to pick a fight because he knows if there's chaos, there'll be no progress for everybody. Okay? So that was a spiritual response. It's, it's important to know it. Because these challenges will come tomorrow and you still say, Pastor, how should I respond to this? We've given you the answer today. They are standard. You don't need to call me. They are standard. <laughs> Next verse. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. Abraham's still talking. Uh, from me, if you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Spirit of, of flesh, next verse. And Lord lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And in parenthesis, he says, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It says, water everywhere like the garden of the Lord. Wow. You know where the garden of the Lord is? Where is the garden of the Lord? Eden. Like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zohar. From this, is it likely that this man was responding in the flesh or in the spirit? Because it was based on what? And what he saw was, what is the second reason why he was responding in the flesh? Immediate. Just now. Good. Another reason why he was responding in the flesh? It's got nothing to do with the other person, but all about him. When your mentor said, you, <laughs> God help us. I mean, there are some people that will be sitting together, we say, let's share we don't do it anymore. We all eat on the same plate. And we say, take meat. And I know, <laughs> I know people. No, they won't take the meat directly. They will use their hand to stare at everything so that it will not be obvious. And yet, in a hilarious manner, this is what we all do at the time. Preferring one another in love. I've challenged us many times about hypothetical, very unlikely situation. Two brothers in this church, serving the Lord, loving the Lord, brother A, brother B, I've told you before. One post, 
Both of you, same mark, everything. The only difference is things that are not necessary. And they said, we don't know who to choose amongst you. Is that brother in the house today who will say, give the other person? Especially now. But yet, that might be the spirit response that the Bible is looking for. Put that verse back on the screen. Let me close with that one. Next one. Next line. Next verse, please. We need to go. Then Lot chose for himself. Did you see that? Who did he choose for? And what did he choose? What did he choose? All. What did he choose? That is flesh. You choose for yourself all. The end of the story is that in that hostile environment, it didn't survive. In Jesus' name, you will survive. For number one reason, please, please, please make sure you are in the spirit. And the Lord will help you. Rise on your feet with me and let us pray. I think our time is well spent. I'll pray directly for you. Whatever you have to say to the Lord, please say it now. Just talk to God briefly. And then we will go. And I'm not talking of hostile environment of oil industry. I'm talking of hostile environment of the world. So don't misinterpret me at all. I'm talking of, it's, it's not a message for today. It's a message for life. Until Jesus comes, this shall remain a hostile environment. Oil price will come back and it's coming back. And that does not even be going to be the only way you will make it. You will make it through other means. Don't lose hope. Why are you not saying amen? I say you make it through other means. What's the matter with you? Before oil you are. After oil you after oil you will be. So what's wrong with you? Come on, pack this on one side now. Life is more than oil. There's only one oil you need. It's the oil of the anointing. And by the special grace of God, we got some in the house. We can anoint you with some today. Hallelujah. That oil is the oil that brings oil. Lift your hands to the heaven and say, Lord, I surrender to you. It shall be your way and I will survive and thrive in this hostile world environment. Turn that to the prayer for yourself and I will just ask the Lord to bless it over your heart. I don't know where you are. Maybe you, 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 life is so hard, you know, challenges in your family, challenges in your body, challenges in your wallet, challenges in your bank account, challenges everywhere, challenges in your marriage. But we just know that it's part of, the, it's part of it. It's, it's the hostile environment you have been called to thrive in and you will thrive. Just say, Lord, I release all unto you. Bring your prayer to the close so that I may pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. <clears throat> Father, we look up to you <clears throat> because we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmity. He was tempted in every point as we were, but yet you didn't have any sin. Lord, you thrived in the hardest of environment. We are yours and we cry to you today. Please help us to thrive. Help us to do well. It's a long journey back home, but you with us, we shall make it back home. We ask today, oh God, that we will not need to murmur or grumble. The children of Israel's life is a type of our Christian life. They were caught from bondage into a hostile environment on their way to a good environment. 
And Lord, we have been called from the world of sin into this wilderness of hostile environment on our way to our Canaan, which is heaven. They died in the wilderness because they murmured. Lord, we pray we will not murmur. We will not grumble. We will be aware that the wilderness is for a season. And manna is available. Water can come out of the rock. Even if we need meat, you have a means of giving it unto us at the right time. So, Lord, we place our sins into your hand. Take over today. May we thrive. May we thrive. May this church thrive. May families in this congregation, may we thrive in the name of Jesus. And Lord, all the glory will be returned back to you. We thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you. Good afternoon.